Good morning, good morning, good morning. Keith Hatting again, NC Realty Services here uh, with another podcast. Um, again, we'll try and keep it under 20 minutes for you, maybe even shorter. Who knows? Who knows? It's uh, the truth about real estate and more unscripted. Uh, you hear me make jokes about it all the time. I got these little sticky notes everywhere. This morning, I'm reviewing an article. Um, uh, really, is the article is written by the uh, Guild members. Trying to think of the name of the, <laughs> I guess it is Guild Members, um, and their second quarter uh, market predictions is what we're um, what we're reviewing. So um, I'm just double check the name here. I want to give it's Guild Quality. Grow your business, improve the quality of your own work. With monthly brief, uh, briefings of industry news and insights. There, I got a they got a free plug. How's that? They should love me for that. Um, so 2019 second quarter market predictions. Guess what? The, hey, the trends are catching up to me. <laughs> um, I always find that a little funny. We've been, you know, talking about market trends and then predictions and those kind of things anyways. And so now we're going to get a little reinforcement. What they do, the guild people is they have these memberships and then they send out the surveys to all their members and then they collect and pool this data. And then they can share it as a, um, you know, the results based on what everybody else is telling them their business is being impacted by. So um, they have about 2,500 members. So that gives you an idea of the sample pool. Um, and, and they look at things like the state of the current market and they look back at what they were told the market was going to do when their members predicted. And and so that's kind of how they put this thing together. So you can see what they said and how accurate it may or may not have been and then what their projection is moving forward. So, for example, in um, the first quarter of 2019, um, you know, the respondents were really um, – heavily leaning towards the market being excellent or in good condition, which we all obviously know now because that's historical and, uh, you know, it's behind us. And really, so is the second quarter that we're going to talk about a little bit, um, April, May, June. So we're coming to the end of that and then we'll be able to see how their predictions went in regards to that as well. But we also have to look forward uh, to the third quarter and the fourth quarter and so on. Uh, you know, you remember I said that I felt like there would be a, a dip. I don't really want to call it a recession, but there'd be an adjustment. And I think that's going to come in 2020 and it may come. I said it would be very mild uh, and I, it may come. Indications are it would come probably after our season here. We again, we have a strong summer season being at the beach. So. All right. So anyways, let's just review this article and um, I'm not going to read it to you, but we'll, we'll pull off some highlights for it. Um, uh, the, the indication is that the second quarter is going to be similar to the first. In fact, the percentage for a good or excellent market is up 1%. And, uh, and the poor or horrible responses remained very low at only 1%. So clearly an overwhelming majority of the 2,500 respondents think the market is going to continue to be excellent. Um, Expected changes in the market. They don't really expect to see a whole lot. The numbers tweak a little bit here and there. Um, but for the most part, pretty much holding true. 
I'll save you the misery of reading through that. It's <laughs> it's just pretty much the same, same old, same old in terms of the numbers. None of that really jumped out at me when I read the article. Um, expected changes in performance. Um, the respondents who selected improve or significantly improve declined by 3%, but the percentage is still 70%. While the declined significantly uh, response increased by only 1% from two to three. So very, again, a very insignificant number. And uh, I'm not sure how you can have same respondents improve or decline, but they have it here as <laughs> improving. So uh, the majority of respondents were still hopeful companies' performances will improve throughout the second quarter, similar to what we saw in the first quarter. So nothing newsworthy there other than to tell you, you know, you're safe um, and, and markets should continue the way they are. Certainly, if you ask um, President Trump, he'll tell you how wonderful his market has been and is, and he certainly seems to be doing what he said he would do. So um, we can't argue about that. Last year, um, they introduced this qualified labor rating. And this is where it gets interesting to me because we've been talking about um, the the labor rate, right? What, what you get paid for your time. That's how we exchange value in this, in this world as we work. We, we take our time and we apply it to something and then someone compensates us through pay for that time and for that knowledge. <clears throat> and, and then, you know, what are the mitigating factors for that? How do we how do we ever find or or uh, or see an increase in in that? And I've been telling you that that's what we need is an increase in in the labor wage. Although you can't just go out there and say, we're going to pay everybody twenty dollars an hour because you would you would shock the system. Uh, the economy completely, but um, there is a shortage of labor in the marketplace, and with any other shortage in supply and demand, that the natural recourse of that should be for some increase. This this article seems to imply that uh, businesses are going to change their hiring or recruiting practices from as they need it to a constant, which just means they're going to constantly need. You know, help if you're growing at all and you're already have a labor shortage, then yes, that makes sense. You're going to do that. But more importantly, is it talks about um, it talks about what they're going to have to do to get that skilled labor. Um, unfortunately, the qualified labor rating is not in a great place. The percentage of poor to horrible responses. Um, increased by 4% to 44%. So you see the poor labor number is much higher than it was when they talk about their indications of, of the economy and business moving forward. Um, so we should begin to see through this increased wages, but also increased benefits. And, and that's a biggie as well. I mean, benefits are why many of us take the jobs that we take, right? Um, so expect that. I think we're going to see that even through the little bump or turn that I talked about in that might happen in 2020. You know, I got my crystal ball that like you got yours. But um, I think you're going to see that that will continue to be a labor shortage in regards to that. And uh, and then from there, we start to see trends that come out of things in the building industry. And this is where I talked about they're finally catching up to us. They asked the respondents about existing trends they saw more of. 
or similar to in the first quarter. And the three common emerging trends were one, white replacing gray as the most popular neutral. White replacing gray as the most popular neutral. Second one was smart home automation and technology, which is obvious. We see the commercials for it every day. And then a desire for outdoor living spaces. I know as an appraiser going in people's homes and appraising homes, I see it all the time. Outdoor living spaces are becoming the big thing. Um, so, you know, why do I tell you this? I tell you this because I'm, what am I trying to help you with? Buy, sell, trade, or invest in real estate. And so you need to be able to present your house and your home in a, in a position to take advantage of and understand what these trends are doing and lean towards the trends. If I had a house on the market today of my own, uh, and I recommend this to the other people, I would go out and put a fire pit and a little gravel patio area, very inexpensive way to add an outdoor space that the new buyer might never use and might do away with, but it's going to give them a sense of an expanded space, an outdoor living area. So you don't have to go necessarily stick an in-ground pool in the yard. Uh, you don't you don't have to spend you know thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that. You can take a small, simple thing, uh, patio stones and pea gravel and things like that, and really dress up a space, uh, you know, and, and, and then think about the flow of that space. You know, if you're entertaining yourself, where do the people gravitate to? What do they do? Uh, I had outdoor space in my last house, a big open field that I cut, excuse me, I cut in lanes because when people came over, we played football or you know, wiffle ball or something. We got outside and we were doing stuff. So we used that space we didn't necessarily have to have a bunch of furniture because we were a bunch of young people running around playing games. Um, there is a huge spike in the number of homeowners that want to build sunrooms and outdoor living spaces. So keep that in mind. Uh, waning trends, things that are going away. Um, and of course, we again, we see this if you're in the building industry, carpet, in, carpet and linoleum flooring kind of going out, going, going, gone. Um you know, still hear some people say they want carpet in their bedrooms. They like the feel of the carpet on their feet. But with allergies the way they are, the maintenance and upkeep, those kind of things, carpet is a thing of the past. Surprisingly for me, though, granite countertops are leaving the space. You know, that was the real big rage the last few years. I would say cultured marble vanities in your bathrooms and granite counter in your kitchen has been probably top of the list the last, I don't know, five to ten years. Uh, and that's going away. People are going away from that. Whirlpool tubs and standalone tubs. You know, I still get people asking for standalone tubs a lot, but it but it is waning and we're seeing less and less. We're seeing a lot more master bathrooms with just big, big showers. You know, the rain heads and the hand wands and all that stuff. Uh, tubs usually get admitted in master bathrooms when renovations are being done in favor of making space for larger showers. So and more countertop and storage space. So, uh, you know, keep that in mind uh, if, if you're, again, if your house is on the market. Uh, Near-term strategies would be to strengthen, uh, and now we're talking about business strategies, not buyer-seller strategies, but would be to strengthen our uh, search engine optimization, which just basically means a better online presence, better communication, both internally and externally. I would agree most problems come from a lack of communication. Uh, guilty as charged. Attending more trade shows and conferences. Uh, I personally am not real big on that being a, such a necessity, although junior members, I would I would agree that uh, should definitely be doing that. 
hiring in anticipation of the busy season instead of waiting until you have the need, um, you know, is a good is a good strategy idea. And working with local schools and universities for more trade people, you know, is a big deal because that's where our shortages are at. Uh, and then long term strategies, we need to be seeking candidates on a more consistent basis and not just waiting for the need, automating our processes to reduce the amount of administrative work, establishing a base of past clientele to use for referral marketing, expanding into uh, complementary but diverse revenue streams. Now, you guys have heard me say I'm a five formal income guy like Warren Buffett. I, I'm a student of his in that regard. I think you have to have multiple streams of income in any business today to handle the little bumps in the road. Uh, although I know how challenging that is, I still recommend it. And they're beginning to say that here now in terms of a long strategy. And then purchasing land and investing in real estate. Now, they're talking about businesses that are builders, uh, you know, and developers and things like that already. I'm surprised that that's on the list because you would think that would have already been a long term uh, scenario there. So uh, I'm going to take a break right here, stick a sponsorship moment in, and then I'll be right back. Okay, so back again, Keith adding NC Realty Services. So let's uh, finish up where we started. We've done about uh, 10, 12 minutes, and uh, I promised you 20. So, <laughs> so we'll go that direction. Uh, and, and while I'm at it, you know, you could be the sponsor in, in the next podcast. So uh, we welcome some sponsorship by all means. Uh, let us know if you're interested in doing that. So so we talked about uh, predictions for the second quarter 2019, pretty much the same as what we just saw in the first. And really, we've seen it in the first and second. We're coming to the close on it. I think you're going to see very similar in the third quarter. Um, and then I think we may see some. Uh, wavering, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, um, as the elections heat up, uh, they're going to have a great impact on a uh, big impact on where we go moving forward. But we certainly have had good numbers. It is in the uh, existing president's best camp to hold the numbers uh, on the on the positive side. It's going to be his biggest um campaign appeal, I would imagine. And on the other side of the fence, it's going to be, you know, probably best for them to to uh, give everybody else credit for it and knock it down as much as they can. So uh, certainly that's going to have an impact on what you watch on television. I'm going to just turn mine off. Uh, <laughs> so but I don't have a lot of expectations going into the next quarter that anything would change. I think we're still still going to see a labor shortage. I think we're still seeing a housing shortage. I think these things have to be have to be dealt with, as we've discussed on earlier podcasts. The trending, uh, very much an, an important thing for those that are listening that are buying or selling, um, you know, looking for those trends. You can kind of see that if you watch or you um, maybe even go out and look at open houses of flippers, guys that are doing fix and flips. You know, when we do those, you know, we're using vinyl laminate flooring throughout the house. That's kitchens, bathrooms, everything. It's just a continuous flow space because people can easily break that up with area rugs, things like that. We're using cultured marble vanities in the bath at the one-piece units. They're easy, simple, cost-effective. They're very durable, and they're expected in most cases today. I, I would consider that a builder standard. And then your kitchen countertops. You know, granite has not been maintenance-free. Those things need to be cleaned and sealed properly. Um, 
and everybody will have a different opinion about how often that should be done. But I think that's part of the reason it's losing some of its um, some of its appeal. I know I have a lot of customers that have gone to courts, and I have a lot of them that have just gone back to the Formica because it's so inexpensive to repair and replace when they want to make a change. So, uh, and many of those products are made to look like the stones, like a granite or quartz, anyhow. So you know, save yourself the money. Uh, I notice on the TV commercials, uh, there's a lot of these repair and replace. Um, countertops and bath fixtures and things like that, that's becoming very popular as well. So uh, keep those trends in mind and we'll kind of try to follow that when I get more and more of these reports. We'll talk more about the trending in regards to that. At the end of the day, what does this mean? Well, from a business perspective, let's talk about uh, business to business for just a minute for contractors and uh, fixing flippers and realtors. You know, it, it's all, it's been this era that we're currently coming out of has all been about customer experience, right? But when we first started talking about customer experience, you could go into a beauty salon and they'd have uh, champagne and strawberries and things like that to give you the better customer experience. And, uh, and so it's, we're beginning to transition, I think, into customer expectations, and out of the experience mode per se, they don't really care about the champagne, but they have a certain expectation for what their haircut should look like. And that's true, I think, in any business. Especially if you listen to my Monday morning miseries, my rants and raves, and I talked about my terrible haircut. <laughs> but I digress. Let's move on. So, um, okay, so... We want to talk now maybe about what that looks like in terms of uh, managing expectations. That's always been in my repertoire, so to speak, in my teachings, as it were, to talk about managing expectations because I sell. And so if I'm selling custom built homes, then there, there's always a certain expectation and that has to be managed. Um, interesting that they put out, um, the Guild has also put out this um, Four realities of customers' expectations today. Okay, so very timely. Authenticity is a game changer, right? We can do technology. We can automate. As we talk about doing all those things, and, they, and they're needed, but you can't get to the point that you get rid of the authenticity. That you, There's nothing that's going to replace that face-to-face. -face. People still buy from people. Listen, if you're a business owner out there and you're managing a sales force, I can't say anything more important to you than this today. People still buy from people. People still buy from people. That's right. People still buy from people. Again, this is another episode of um, The Truth in Real Estate and More Unscripted. My name is Keith Hadding with NC Realty Services, and I'll catch you on the next one. Until then, God bless.